0: Joshua six in one. Welcome to the Real Life Podcast. Beautiful. Today now, you Jericho will hear a word which purpose is to introduce the, the kingdom, the children, change generations, and create a Christian culture. So grab your Bible and prepare to be blessed by today's sermon. Go back. Go back. Yeah. Now Jericho was straightly shut up. Why? Because, children of Israel, none went out, and none came in. Now, so this means that when Jericho found out Israel was coming, they shut everything down. So if you were out of town somewhere... You came home. And if you had somewhere to be that was out of town, you were locked in. That's gonna make that's gonna help later. Let's go with our title graphic. We're entering a series. We hadn't done a series here in real life in a minute, but we're entering a series, and and and, and the series title is Walk Silently. Then shout. That's the series topic. Walk silently, then shout. Reach over to your neighbor and tell them walk silently, then shout. They ain't really listening to you. Come on, you, you need them to get this. Tell them walk silently, then shout. So there's a season. When you don't say anything. And there's another season when you can speak. Know your seasons. Our topic for today, though, in our first sermon of the series, Walk Silently, Then Shout, is more God, more glory. Steps. Saw him a moment ago. Process. Elder Smith came and told us that everything happens by process. Nothing happens overnight. We think that microwaving is not process. It is. You get your microwave dinner, be it healthy choice, or whoever—Stouffer's, Marie Callender. You first have to buy the item. Then you pay. You take it home. You unbox it, you put the slits in the top or whatever, you put it in the microwave, you open the microwave, you put it in the microwave, you press the button, and then you wait. Now, no matter how fast microwaving is, so they call stuff instant, but it's really not. Isn't the drive through supposed to be faster than going in? But there have been times when I've seen you in the drive-thru and I'm walking out with my stuff. I passed you in the drive-thru. I walked in, waved at you. Hey, how you doing? God bless you. And came out with my Zaxby's. Oh, don't mention Chick-fil-A. That line could go on for days. I believe God blesses them because they closed on Sunday. I'm going to move on. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. But I want to talk to you today about steps. There are steps, there are steps in, this, in this encounter. And the first step is an encounter. The second step is an inquiry. And the, stu- the third step is some instructions. So everybody say an encounter. encounter. An inquiry. An inquiry. Some, instructions. some instructions. I believe that every vision is birthed through these three steps. There is an encounter with God. there's an inquiry from the individual who's had the encounter, and there are some instructions from God to the person who had the encounter, whether you're going to be saved, whether you're going to get married, whether you're going to start a business, whether you're going to go into ministry, whatever it is, I believe that there's an encounter with God that starts it all off and and, and many of us many of us have, have had our encounter. Uh, but we hadn't made an inquiry. We just enjoyed the moment. But can I tell you that whenever you're in the presence of God, God's presence is there because he aims to do something in your life. God's presence is not about goosebumps and, and, a, and, a, and a warm feeling. His, his presence has always come to work. And so when we sense the presence of God and an encounter with God, we need to begin to to make an inquiry because something in our hearts will begin to speak to us and, 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 and urge us toward our destiny. And we have to begin to ask questions like, God, what do you want from me? And then after you get your, 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 you ask your question and you have your encounter, you need to wait for some instructions. Because some people have had the encounter and, and, and made an, a, an inquiry but hadn't waited for God to say anything. And they just started running out on things. See, it all begins here. It all begins here in Joshua 5 and 1. Let's go there for a moment. And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of the Jordan westward and all the kings of the Canaanites, uh, which were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, their heart melted. Neither was there spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. So the writer takes an um, opportunity to sort of explain to us why the, the, the gates of Jericho are locked up. Because when they heard about what God had done for Israel in that they walked across the Jordan on dry land until every single citizen had passed over. It said that when they heard about the wonders of our God that their hearts melted and they didn't have any spirit in them anymore. Which means that that thing took the fight out of them. See, normally Jericho would get themselves prepared for battle to come out and resist Israel. But when you see Israel's God move as powerfully as they did, that thing would just drain all of the fight out of your enemies. (laughs) Yes, God. See, so here we have now we move on to the encounter, which takes place after God has uh, 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 Joshua to uh, come and circumcise all of the men who had been born after the time that they left from Egypt because those who had already been circumcised had died after 40 years of walking around in the wilderness. And so now these new people have to be circumcised before they go forward. And after he obeys that, and we'll learn more about that next week, God gives him and. Encounter. Somebody say encounter verse 13 describes the encounter it says and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand and Joshua went unto him and said unto him art thou for us or for our adversaries and he said nay but as captain of the host of the Lord am I come and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him what saith My Lord unto his servant. Now when it what the encounter takes place like this Joshua is standing alone away from the children of Israel after the victory of coming over the water and after the circumcision of all of the men. He's standing alone and he's looking towards the next conquest. But the next thing you know there is a man there that wasn't there before who didn't walk up on him because he would have heard him because Joshua is a trained man man of war and no one's going to just sneak up on Joshua so there's no way that he walked up there so he had to just appear and he turns and he looks and he sees a man with his sword drawn. Now here's what blesses me about Joshua. Joshua is no wimpy man. I just said he's a man of war. He walks up to this man who mysteriously appears and asks him are you for us or for our enemies and I believe that as he stepped forth the apostle that he had his hand on his sword ready to go into something if he was for his enemies. Look at your neighbor say you got to be ready to throw down when the time is appropriate. You got to be ready when the enemy pops up in your life to throw down when the time is appropriate. I digress from that. He says are you for us or for our enemies and he says nay I am with the I am the captain of the armies of the Lord that's why I've come here. Now the nay kind of throws me off so he, he makes the inquiry everybody say inquiry he makes the inquiry he wants to know are you for us or for our adversaries? What made you come here today? He answers no and then he identifies himself well know what no no you're not for us or uh, no. You're not for our adversary. This, sir, is not clear enough. I need to know as I further engage you who you're working with. Hey, I feel this in my spirit. There are some people that have appeared in your life. You need to know who they're working with. Before you take the next step with them, before you do business with them, before you connect with them, before you make covenant with them, you need to know who you is. Somebody tap your neighbors and ask them who they is, who they is, who they is. Yeah, yeah, I know that's not right, but that, that just felt, that just felt right. It felt right. It ain't right, but it felt. So anyway, so you, you need to know who people are before you go further with them. They say they're Christian and they shout and they speak in a little tongue and we start making covenant with people. But there's some people that you made covenant with that you were supposed to step away from. And there's some people that you're supposed to, come on, there's some people you're supposed to make covenant with. Guess what? You stepped away from. I heard a woman of God say, you need to ask people, what is your agenda? What is it that you want from me? Why is, did you pick, why you pick me out of all these people that you say you felt like you needed to connect to? Because I'm going to say some connections are hard to break. Once you let them in, it's hard to get them out. Some people become squatters in your life. And it amazes me that squatters have rights. That you can go into somebody else's house that's not yours, and if you stay there long enough, you can be you you have to go through an evicted process. Yes, that just spoke to somebody. Somebody shout, yes God. "Yes, God!" Be careful about who you connect with. Be careful be careful be careful be careful I know he looks good I know he smells good I know he sounds good I know she I know she's fine I know she's curvy looking like a Coca-Cola bottle instead of a two liter I get it I get it I know I know and you told her you were saved and you told him you were saved and they came to church and they knew all the language and they knew when to do that right there but still be very very I'm gonna tell you like Elmer Floyd would say be very very careful tap your neighbor and say be careful be careful now be careful I gotta keep going, I gotta keep going because I don't have a lot of time. He answers no, and then he identifies himself and no what? And he says, Listen, he said, I'm with God. Now, now I'm with God. So if you're with God, that's cool. So that's enough. See, that's enough for Joshua because Joshua's with God. And if this guy is with God, and he says, I'm the captain of the Lord's army, which means I am the captain of the the, the host of Yahweh. I'm the captain of the host of Yahweh. I am the captain of the angel armies. Oh, God. So he has, he has, he has, he, he has worship with expectation. <laughs> he falls on his face before him and worships. Watch it now. And he said, What saith my Lord to your servant? He worships with expectation. He worships and then he asks, what do you want me to do? He discerns in the moment who he's with. And he has this inner readiness to obey whatever this captain tells him to do. So the captain gives him now the instructions. You ready? Now we had an encounter. This guy just shows up and then we have an inquiry. Are you for us or our enemies? What do you want from us? All wrapped up in worship. And the captain of the Lord's host gives him his first round of instructions. Yes, there may be More than one instruction. This is why you can't take off running with just the first set. You with me? Here are the instructions. Watch this. His first instructions are in worship, not in war. You think that because he's the captain of the Lord's host and Joshua is a man of war. You remember now when the Amalekites... Came and attacked them from the rear. That Moses stood up with his hands lifted between Aaron and her. And it said that Joshua discomfited the Amalekites, which means Joshua whipped them while Moses worshiped. So he gives him instructions in worship first, not in warfare. See, if, you, if you're ready to just engage mm, Without the proper uh, instructions on how to engage God Then you're going to put yourself in a bad position Because if it's not right in the spirit, Pam It won't be right in the natural Talk to me, somebody Maybe it's messing up in the natural Because we don't have it together in the spirit Maybe that's that's why it's not working. Maybe that's why being saved is such a struggle. Because we don't have things right between us and God. Let me say something to you. When you get this here right, all of this here starts getting right. You want your marriage to improve, improve your intimacy with God. Is this thing working? So, so what happens is many times we step out and we start trying to engage our destiny before we've engaged God properly. So he gives him, Portia, a word on worship first before he gives him anything on war. Listen to verse 15. It's up on the screen. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, loose thy shoe from off thy foot. For the place whereon thou standest is what? holy and Joshua did so so see first instruction is take your shoes off because you're on holy ground see the first lesson of worship is that wherever the spirit of the Lord is in that moment it becomes a holy place So it doesn't matter if it's your house or if your car or your little cubicle on your job. It does not have to be the church. But wherever the presence of God is, that becomes a holy place. Somebody shout holy place. So if God decides to have an encounter in your car, then that place becomes a holy place. And everything you do ought to be worshipful in that moment. Somebody shout glory. glory. That's why there's some stuff you should not allow in your house. I got to talk to somebody. Let your family members be mad. Let them say they're not coming back. This don't happen here because this is the holy place. I've been in the presence of God. I've had an encounter here, and I'm not going to let you break my flow. Somebody shout yes. yes. We are more concerned with people's feelings than we are our relationship with God they'll tell us you can't pray in here you can't read your Bible in here but we don't want to say you can't drink in here you can't cuss in here the devil is a liar this is a holy place unto the Lord we worship in here we pray in here and you're not going to break up my connection so if y'all want to argue argue in the street because my grass is holy my driveway is holy I wish I had a witness here. Them little steps right there is holy. My leaves are holy. All of this is holy because we walked around it and we pronounced the blessing of God over every square inch of this yard. The devil is a liar. You ain't going to be out here cussing and fussing in my backyard. You going to have to go where my real saints at where the real kingdom citizens at somebody jump up on your feet and shout yes. yes I'm sorry we don't listen to Fetty Wap in my car we don't listen to songs that degrade women's in my car I'm sorry baby you can't listen to that in my car we gonna listen to the mighty clouds of joy cause you need to get saved And we ain't watching that on our TV. That's a holy TV. I know everybody watching it. I know everybody playing that game, but not up in here. Somebody say, take your shoes off. I don't even know where they were. They were somewhere in the plains, out in the middle of nowhere, Ed. And the man said, because I showed up, it's holy now. And one time, Moses, I'm going too fast. Moses was standing by a bush. And the bush told Moses, take your shoes off. Because this here just got holy. Holy. Somebody say it just got holy. My God, my God. I felt that in my spirit. When God shows up, it gets holy. Take your shoes off. The proper, the proper interpretation, the proper way to say it is throw your shoes off. So, so it's not this little dainty. It's like get them as far away from you as you can. Quickly. Because you're in a moment. Got to learn how to deal with moments. see, you you know. You be in that presence. It don't last forever. So you got to know how to act when you get in it. And we're debating God when God give us an instruction in the moment can I say this, never debate God when God gives you an instruction in the moment first instruction worship, take your, st- throw your shoes off, oh God help me here why, why do I need to take my shoes off, because shoes represent where we've been because the truth of the matter is we've been in some holy play- unholy places doing some unholy stuff and shoes, shoes have the ability to pick up what you've been walking in I think about it all the time when I go to the men's restroom. And I have to walk in there and all kind of stuff on the floor. And I'm thinking, these same shoes going to walk in my house. Y'all ain't hearing me. So see, wherever you've been, your shoes been. And your shoes represent the stuff that you picked up along the way. God help me. The stuff that's not good for a holy environment the stuff that's not good for your relationship with God. Every now and then you got to kick those shoes off because you picked up some mess. Oh God help me. Because it's hard to get mess off your shoes once you get it in there. So instead of trying to clean the shoes, he says get rid of the shoes. Oh God I got a word for somebody. Somebody in here is trying to clean up what God told you to get rid of. Hey, both oh, get rid of it. Somebody tap your neighbor and say, get rid of it. Don't try to clean it up. Don't try to Febreze it. Don't try to freshen it up. Get rid of it. I don't know how this went this way. Somebody say, take them off. Throw them off. We're trying to clean up what God said. Get rid of them. You know how we clean it up, coming up with reasons. Yeah. Well, if I could forward, if I could afford to stay by myself, I would, you know. But we gonna get married in a little. Church just got quiet. Did something get said? Somebody say, throw it away. away. Spirit of the Lord told you, don't do that no more. Don't do that no more. Well, I'm working on it. The Lord know my heart. Ben told us to get rid of that nasty, stinking, dirty attitude. I ain't talking about nobody. As my friend Frederick Fiery would say, just talking about what I'm talking about. We got stuff in our life that the Lord said to get rid of. We're trying to clean it up. He didn't say, wipe the stuff off your shoes. He said, get rid of the shoes. In fact, in Exodus 30 and 19, do the research. Aaron and his sons were instructed to wash their hands and their feet before they entered the sanctuary. So every time they went into the sanctuary, Nelson, every time they had to wash their hands and their feet before they went in. Because I'm telling you, your hands and your feet get into some stuff. But then there's this, though. In Exodus 3 and 5, Moses gets the same set of instructions. So, see, God's not biased. In Exodus 3 and 5, he says to him, watch this. He says, as I was with Moses so shall I be with you so watch it now the same way I dealt with Moses I'm going to deal with you but the same way I was with Moses I'm going to be with you so see if you want my be with then you got to have my be with see we we want God to be with us like he was with Moses but we don't want God to be with us like he was with Moses you see what I'm saying So we want God to give us the grace that Moses had and the power that Moses had and the anointing that Moses had. But we don't want to have. We don't want to have to go through the stuff that Moses had to go through. But Moses went through some stuff to get preached about. Can't get nobody. We don't want nobody not to like us. We want everybody to be our friend. But there were some people who didn't like Moses. But I'm going to tell you, when they spoke against Moses, or even Moses' sister, when she spoke against him, she became leprous. So I'm going to tell you, if God's with you, God's with you. I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up because we got to get to dinner. So, so watch this. He says, he says, as I was with Moses, so I was with you. Now watch this. So he, he tells him to take his shoes off. Um, because it's a holy place but he told Moses to take his shoes off because it was a holy place and I'm sure that Moses had a conversation with him and said listen Joshua because you know that's what fathers in the spirit do what sons in the spirit is they tell them about their experiences so he probably told him listen Joshua I remember when I first met God and I was at that burning bush and I was just out there keeping Jethro's sheep Uh, the the, the spirit of God it was in the bush and the bush was burning but it wasn't consumed and it said when I went to go look at it it said "Uh uh-uh stop take your shoes off because this is holy ground so I can imagine that when the man says to Joshua stop take your shoes off this is holy ground he remembered what his spiritual father told him and then it came to mind as I was with Moses so shall I be with you You see, before he would move him forward, God would give him a reminder of his promise. Mm, That's what I love about God. Before God moves you forward, God will always give you a, a reminder of what he promised you before you got started. Anybody got any reminders? Sometimes it's on the TV. Sometimes people said stuff. Sometimes it's in the sermon. You always get a reminder before you go forward. Then the writer interrupts. All of the instructions with this bulletin. Now, this is what gets me now. Why in the world? Well, we're in a flow, the story's flowing beautifully. Why would you stop now to tell us that Jericho is straightly shut up? We're talking about worship. I'm ready to lift my hands. I've already taken my shoes off, I'm up here in my socks. Ready to worship God and you interrupt all that beautiful flow to tell us that Israel, that Jericho is locked down. Why does that matter here? Look at the scripture. Now Jericho was straightly what? Shut up. Because what? Of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. He interrupts this whole worship flow. To say that. What I wanted to preach about today. was them walking around the wall. But when I saw this interruption. I couldn't go any further. Because there's breakthrough in what you hear next. There is a problem for the people of Jericho. Because they couldn't get out. There's a problem for them. They are, sh- it was straightly shut up. Somebody say, straightly. straightly. I looked up the word straightly in the Hebrew, it means they were barred, closed. Watch this, it means to be imprisoned. They were physically confined, they became prisoners in safety. Whenever you get to the place where safety, your safety, is your highest concern, safety will make you a prisoner. You were more free when you took risk. Nobody talking to me. But now we so concerned about us, we lock ourselves in. We don't want to get hurt. So in order to make themselves safe, they literally became prisoners of safety. Nobody could go out. Nobody could come in. Now, 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 to get a better understanding of this, Delvin, you have to read the ESV. Now, Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. No one out and none came in. So this kind of paints the picture for me. That they locked the houses up. They wouldn't even leave home. They were so scared of Israel. It wasn't wasn't having walks in the park. See, when you have an enemy territory outside your gates. Promising to come in. You're not just having fun time. You are in a literal war zone. So they were so afraid of Israel. Not only would they not come outside the gate, but many wouldn't walk outside their doors. Amen. And the reason that they're afraid of Israel, Portia, is what of what God did for Israel. If he can bring them across the Jericho on dry land. What can't he do for them? It's something when your enemies got more faith in God than you do. You are the one who walked over on dry ground and your enemy got more fear of God. But it was a problem for Israel because they couldn't get in. Because the walls of Jericho, and, 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 and the next preacher, I believe it'll be Elder Smith, the next preacher will talk about the walls of Jericho, how they were impregnable, how, 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 how they were so large and so wide that they said they could ride chariots side by side and the wheels wouldn't even touch. In fact, the walls were so, so wide that Rahab had a house on it. I ain't talking about, no, artist. see you thinking about this wall right here. No, baby, this is a wall. This is why you imagine a wall so, so, so wide. You could drive two trucks on it and they never bump into one another. A wall so big, you could put your house on it and let your little kids go out and play in the front wall. I mean the front yard have a barbecue on the back wall come on talk to me somebody because you know if we live there it's going to be a barbecue come on talk it's going to be a barbecue if I'm on that wall I'm going to strike the grill up what's that smoke on the wall I ain't nothing appalling them you know us southerners we barbecuing I ain't from the north I don't know about northern people I don't know if y'all barbecue or not but down south something going on the grill If we ain't grilling it, we're balling it because it's going to be some crab and some potatoes and some sausage and some shrimp. It's going to be either a barbecue or a low country ball. But if you live in somebody's, sleep, my southerners shout your (laughs) ass. I'm from the south, baby, and I'm proud about it. They talk bad about it, but don't they fly here to eat our food? (laughs) That's how big the wall is huge so the problem is Israel got to get in in order to overtake it so they got a problem Israel got a real problem they dim jokers not coming out so we can't fight them <laughs> we're waiting on them we just hoping to get the guts up to come out here so we could whoop them but we've been out here for a while and those jokers are not coming <laughs> So, we got an issue. God said Canaan is ours. Tap your neighbor and say, Canaan is mine. Canaan is mine. Canaan is mine. Canaan is mine. So, so I got a problem. If Canaan's mine, I got to get in them walls. Since those in the wall won't come to me, I'm going to have to go. I wish I had some. I'm going to have to go to what's in the walls. But I got a problem. These, these aren't ordinary walls, so we can't use a battering ram. See, see, people ask, why didn't they use a battering ram? Why didn't they do this? They didn't have CO2. I mean, C2, they didn't have dynamite. So, I mean, there wasn't no way. So you couldn't just take the, the buggy and just run into it. It was too big. So, 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 so really, militarily, this was almost impossible. So why would God Tell us to go get a land that looks impossible to get. Why, Apostle, would he have us dream as Goma Powell said, these impossible dreams. See, it was difficult. Portia, listen to me. It was difficult. For those in Jericho, it was difficult for the Israelites, but it was not difficult for God. Ah, Let's finish this sermon. Because he had two things neither of them had. You ready? Number one, he had a plan. Can I say to you that God always has a plan? (laughs) <laughs> so somebody in this room, you feel led to come to Jesus. You're going to feel led to come to Jesus today. When I make this invitation, I speak it now in the name of yes, Jesus. The spirit go. of the Lord is going to lead you. You're going to feel led to come and give your life to Jesus when I make the invitation. And you're so worried about how you're going to live this life and, and how you're going to make it. Because, Pastor, I come from this and I did that. And I got this in my life and that in my life. And and, and the thing is, I just want to tell you, calm down. God has a plan. Amen. <laughs> You're worried about whether or not you're going to be able to live holy or not. Whether or not you're going to be able to be chaste or not. Whether you're going to be able to tell your boo no tonight. Come on here, somebody. Don't worry about it. God has a plan somebody just tap your neighbor real soft like if they look like they worried to tell them god has a plan god has a plan yeah yeah yeah. you about to buy that new house and they say they ain't lending money nowhere no how but god put in your spirit you're supposed to have a house i want you to go and look at some houses because if god put it in your spirit a house is yours don't you worry about what the bank says baby god Somebody shout, God has a plan. God has a plan. You're supposed to be going back to college by now, but you're worried about the money. You're worried about whether or not you're going to be able to get a loan or whether you're going to get a scholarship. Can I tell you, if God put that college in your spirit, baby, God has a plan. Somebody shout, God has a plan. I'm about to preach myself happy in here. That's why God takes you to stuff that you can't do because God has a plan even if you don't. Some of y'all seen yourself there Come on, how many of y'all, the, the, the dream was so vivid You saw yourself there You could almost smell the area, you could almost feel it you, It felt like you were literally physically transported And you, you, you worried about all of the, 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 the stuff And God said, baby, don't worry about the stuff I have a plan. You sit here staring at the wall. Because it's so wide and it's so big and it's so tall. And no other country has been able to get in there. But while you sitting there measuring stuff up, God said, no, I need you to come back to me. Because I have a plan. the second thing he had uh, that they didn't have was power. Ha <laughs> ha. Not only does God have a plan, Edward, God has power, if he's able to bring Israel out of Egypt by plagues, if he's able to bring Israel across the Red Sea, if he's able to bring water out of a rock, if he's able to bring them across the Jordan on dry ground, then God is able to deal with this wall. How many things has God done for you? How many ways has God made? How many miracles has God worked in your life when you didn't have a friend, when you didn't have a way, when you didn't know where to turn and God made something happen for you. Do I have anybody in here who's been a recipient of a miracle from God? Somebody needs to jump up on your feet and say, God, if you did that, then I believe you for this. God, if you brought me out then, I know you can bring me out now. God, if you heal me then, I know you can heal me now because not only do you have a plan, but you have power. My God, so big so strong so mighty what's the rest plan for me is we sing the song but do we listen to it somebody say my god has a plan my god has, my god has power Say it. My God has a plan. My God has power. Come on, say it again. My God has a plan. My God has power. His thoughts of me are good and not evil to bring me to an expected end. And he has the power to do it. There are not enough walls to keep you out of your destiny. there are not enough walls to keep you from being the man of God he called you to be. There are not enough walls to keep you from being the woman of God that he called you to be. There's not enough walls to keep you from keeping yourself until you get married. There are not enough walls to keep you from graduating from high school. There are not enough walls to keep you from graduating from college. There are not enough walls... Single mother from being able to raise your children by yourself until God gives you the right husband. There are not enough walls to keep you from God's promise for your life. Does anybody hear me in here? There are not enough walls. Hallelujah. It's time to go home. The fact. That this place was shut up. Makes the accomplishment of taking the city all the more glorious. If it's this hard, when I get in there, God's going to get all kinds of glory. If it was easy, people could say we did it. But Sam, when God does this one, the only person that's going to get the glory is going to be him. See, sometimes it's got to be too hard for your banker. It's got to be too hard for your doctor. Ah! I'm talking to somebody in here. Got to be too hard for you. Maybe that's why what we're up against, Pam, is so hard. Now we get it. Now, maybe that's why I've been having to fight with so much. Somebody needs to talk to me because this is a prophetic word. God sent this for you. Lift your hands if this is for you. That's why there's been such a struggle for you. And your finances and your health and your marriage and your mind and your, come on here, you've been having it. Come on, lift your hands if you've been having it. That's why it's such a fight. See, the reason it's so hard is because you're doing something. You're headed somewhere. You're making headway and your enemy is so scared of you that he's locked everything down. He's scared that if you make it to your destiny, that you're going to mess his kingdom up. That if you get healed, you're going to tear down his stronghold in your children's lives. So he's locking everything up. That's why you had so much resistance. Because you're getting somewhere. hey God I bless your name see what I understood is when I was comfortable when I wasn't a threat then I didn't have no fight I didn't have no struggle but when I got out of my comfort zone and I started making headway the devil started locking stuff down so he started coming after my mind he started coming after my marriage he started coming after my money and then i figured something out it must be because i just got dangerous because i had an encounter with god and i made an inquiry and he gave me some instructions and i'm on my way that's why the devil is messing with me because i just became a threat somebody touch your neighbor and say I'm a threat I'm a threat I'm a threat to his ways I'm a threat to his kingdom I'm a threat because everybody I see I'm going to tell them what God has done in my life every child I see I'm going to tell them what God can do yeah. Yeah. see maybe that's why it's been so hard Maybe that's why it's been so tough. Anybody, come on, lift your hands if you know what I'm talking about. Maybe that's why there's been so much resistance. Because this this thing is a God thing. See, it's going to take, come on, put it up. It's going to take more God. all the other stuff it almost it. we've been putting faith in all of the other things that we've been trusting in the people, the context, the money the education, our own strength somebody on the job a doctor, a lawyer all that stuff has had to let us down because God is saying this stuff is too big for human hands it's going to take me you're going to get there baby but it's not going to be by conventional methods. No, 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 no. And whenever it takes more God, Kizzy. <laughs> it brings more glory. More God. More glory. Whenever it takes more God. He gets I don't care how big your wall is. I'm not even going to preach about them coming down. Elder Smith will take us there. But we know, because we've heard the story, those walls. And up over the walls they went. The walls that once separated them From everything that was inside came down. And if Jericho's walls can come down, so can yours. More God, more glory. See, he says. I'm not even ready to teach you how to fight in the natural yet. I want to school you in the art of fighting in the spirit. I want to improve your prayer life. I want to take your praise to another plateau. I want to take your worship to another world. I got to get you there in the spirit first and then I'll bring your natural self later. Because if it's not right in the spirit, it won't be right in the natural. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you for a patient audience who's able to sit on a prophetic utterance. I believe this series was sent Thank you for joining us for the word today. We pray that it has been a blessing to your life. We invite you to join us in worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 841 Crossgate Road in Port Wentworth, Georgia, 31407. We hope to see you soon.